asking the question, what's next? Now what? What do we now what do we do? Right, we've we've come this far. Now what's the point? What are we doing? And and so I want to just look back a little bit, talk about this past year, and I want to talk about what we're doing now and what we are doing in in the future. So our whole point it is hard to believe, by the way, that we're already a year here. Like we're over a year in this place. I mean, can you remember a year back at this time? I, I certainly can. It was a memorable year for me, right? And, and, and such a difference. So much, so many things have taken place. And I remember standing up here pleading with you all that if we would just take at least a year just to rest, to, to hear God's word, to let it, um, to let it saturate our souls and our hearts. Because we needed healing, we needed maturity, and we needed unity. I mean, it's, it's evident of our unity this morning. I mean, we're, we're, we're united. I, I, I love that. I love how that, I mean, we're discussing very important things. And, and, and truthfully, a sign of that, that is the very first time really we've ever talked about money. We've, we have never brought it up. We've never talked about it. And truthfully, none of you really have ever asked. And, the, and I don't know if you just don't care or what, but I think you do because you still give. And look how, just, just look at God's gift of His grace in that. There's unity. There's unity in the body. We're not questioning one another. We're not backbiting in one another. Christ the Lord has given us great unity in this body. So let's see God's sovereign hand, His good providence in this, and how He is making for Himself a people. See, for us, this is kind of sovereign grace is kind of a response to what took place last year. But to God, it's not. He's, I think He's always been working to do this. And I think I've already told you all this. He's always been working to do this. And as He's been doing it, even beforehand, He was already shaping us. He was already shaping us with his, with his word. And he was already uniting us, even beforehand. Because it's the word of God that created us. And it's the word of God that has created us. And Christ is making us his people. So this year, it's been our intent just to cultivate those truths and to to rest and to mature and to be united so that when we come to this day, when we come to this day, we would be bound together in Christ and we would be bound together in his word. This is why we do the, the ordinances. Why ordinances are so special, and I'm looking forward to, to, to baptism when we get to uh, initiate believers into the church for the very first time through, through, through baptism. Right? It's, it's the initiation. It's the showing the identity of them into the body of Christ, into the church. And just as we celebrated the, the Lord's Supper today, that it's a reminder of each and every one of us who is marked off as being a part of the body of Christ. It's our identity. This is what we've been practicing over the year. Charles Spurgeon gave a quote about the church. He says, give yourself to the church. You that are members of the church have not found it perfect, and I hope that you feel almost glad that you have not. 
if I had never joined a church till I had found one that was perfect, I would never have joined one at all. And the moment that I did join it, if I found one, meaning the perfect church, I should have spoiled it. For it would not have been the perfect church after I became a member of it. Still, imperfect as it is, it is the dearest place on earth to us. As imperfect as we are, it is still the dearest place to us. I hope you've been able to catch a part of that this year. The, the sweetness of it. What it means to gather like minds. What it means to gather with Christians. That are like-minded to glorify Christ. And to enjoy Him. To build one another up. To equip one another for the work of the ministry. You know, if it was up to me, the church just kind of doesn't sound like a very good idea. Because we're so imperfect. I mean, let's get a group of people together called sinners and let's get them to cooperate to fulfill a goal that has been given to us by God. Doesn't sound like a very good idea because I'm part of that idea. And yet God in his infinite will and his infinite mercy chose to show his grace and his mercy to the world by using you and me. Imperfect as we are is God's perfect plan. Church, that's us. And, and that's why when we gather, this is the dearest place on earth. Where else could we go? The mountains? Sure, we all love going to the mountains. We would all would love to go to Hawaii. We would all would love to go to Alaska. We would love to do all those things. But those are nothing in comparison to the church. We are Christ's bride. Remember when my bride came down the aisle. And we are that to Christ. Perfectly adorned in his robes of righteousness. We are the imperfect, perfect plan of God. The dearest place on earth. We're not a DMV. How do I get how did I go there, right? From the dearest place on earth to the DMV. We're not a DMV. You know what the DMV is? We know what the DMV. We hate going to the DMV, right? Don't we? I mean, it's like bureaucracy in action, right? You go there. The MDMV, what it does is it gives you a driver's license, right? And then once you get your driver's license, you're then allowed, according to the law, you are now allowed to drive wherever you want, right? On the roads, most likely, right? Wherever you want to go, you now can drive. You've been given the responsibility then to go drive out on your own, right? There is no weekly gatherings of all those who have driver's license to come together, there's, uh, there's no one there to, to, to shepherd or even care for those who have driver's license. There's no pastors or shepherds to those with driver's license, right? That's the DMV. You only use the DMV to, to get a license and when you have to go back to renew it. But that's not the church. We don't just come here to, uh, uh, for renewal when we feel like we just need to come on Christmas or Easter. We don't, and not, none of y'all do that, but we don't, we don't come here just to get initiated by baptism. We, but we come as a church, 
as a family, as we, what we see in the scriptures, as a family bonded together in Christ. That's why we have a covenant. That's why we sign the covenant, because we believe it. And I want you to believe it, that this is what we are taking seriously. This sets us as salt and light before the world. And we're different. They're not, to, not to be in comparison of the churches and say we're, we're better than them, but we believe the Scripture to be so true and so right and that Christ's bride is to be so spotless and so salty that we take it seriously what it means to be a member of it. The church is God's plan to reach the world with the gospel. That is us, Sovereign Grace Church here in Statesboro. It is God's plan for us to use us for unbelieving friends and family and co-workers, just as Brother Richard prayed. Our neighbors, our clerks, baristas, teachers, peers at school. That's exactly what the Bible shows us time and time again, that this is the will of the church. Brothers and sisters, I look forward to the time when we get to send out a church planner. That is the will of God for churches to plant churches. I don't know who's going to be. I don't know who's going to be. I look forward to it. And I'm praying to that end. And we should too. Just as the church is not a DMV, the church is also not an information booth. You know what an information booth is. You go to there and you get you know, different information about particular stuff or whatever it may be. Or you come to an information booth, you download your information on what you need and what you need to be informed on. Uh, but scarcely, you, you know, you don't, uh, you're, you're not there to connect with the person who's working the information booth. You're, you're only there just to get information. That's, that's not the church. We're, we're not that. We're not just here for, your, uh, for, for just gaining information about God so that you can live a, a better life. All of our teaching, all of our preaching, all that we do each week is meant and it's designed and it's prayed over for the sole purpose of this people. For this people. It's meant to be heard in the context and the accountability and the oversight and the administration of the ordinances. It's meant for that. So, how do we grow? How do we grow? Cultural expectations. Cultural expectations on us will say we're small and we're insignificant. We're small and we're insignificant. Cultural expectations will tell us that we are not a real church because we don't have a what? What do you think I'm going to say? Building. Building. That's a cultural expectation. Y'all knew the answer. You are not a good or a healthy church if you are not growing in numbers. You will never reach people if you don't meet their church needs. Highlighting doctrine will always divide. I beg to differ, of course, on all of those, but this one in particular... If anything, it has united us. Maybe it's our own expectations on how growth, successful truth growth looks like. If we're not meeting cultural expectations, then, then maybe we're failing or we're doing something wrong. 
and we get fears. We have fears that if we're not gaining more families and things like that, that we must be doing something wrong. Somebody must be doing something wrong. We're fearful that if we're not gaining more people, more families, then we will fail financially. That's not right, right? But what is God's expectation for successful church growth? I want to say it time and time again and and to help us believe and correct all the time that God is the one who builds his church. He's the one who's uniting us. He's the one that's unifying us. He's the one, as according to Ephesians 2, he is the one who has brought us near. He's the one who brought us near. He's the one who is building us on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, the word of God. And he is also the one that is building us out of Christ Jesus, our cornerstone. Just as we read this morning in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. This is how we grow. We grow as Paul prayed that we would abound in love for one another. We would abound in love for one another. We are to walk in holiness. We've been covering this so much in Ephesians. This is how we grow. This is it. This is the the recipe according to Scripture how we grow. We abound in love for one another. Go back in that passage. Read it later. Walk in holiness to God in obedience. And then love one another just as you've been taught to. And I love what he says there. He says, just as you're already doing, but do it more. Do it more and more and more. And I want to say this, that we're doing these things that I just kind of blew by really quickly, that this is where healthy church growth begins. Healthy church growth begins in the work of what Christ has done. And then that work makes itself manifest in showing our abounding love for one another and our walking in holiness. Concern yourself for church growth, brother and sister, to do those things. And this church will grow. It'll grow. It, it, will, it will grow. And I'm talking about numerically. Of course, your spiritual health, you will grow, you will mature, but numerically, we will grow. If we're grounded in the cornerstone, if we're built on the foundation, if we're abounding in love for one another, walking in obedience and holiness. So concluding, we'll eat. Brothers and sisters, welcome home. Welcome home. If we were in Israel, you know, 8,000 years ago, I'd say, welcome to the land. I don't know what this year has and holds in store for us. I don't. I don't know who's going to win the election. I don't know what that might mean for us. Probably nothing besides us getting all excited. I do not know what this next year holds. But I know this, that he who is faithful, who has started a good work in us, I am sure that he will bring it to a day of completion. In you, and in me, and in this church. I want to close with this, a line from C.S. Lewis's famous work, Line the Witch in the Wardrobe. I love this line. I want you to hear it as land is on the move. Aslan was the lion, representing God, Christ. He's on the move. And I hope you can, you can see that in us. We're going to finish Ephesians this year.
And I'm excited about some of the other things that we will be teaching and what we will be studying this year or this following coming year. It's, no, it's almost November, so give me a break on finishing Ephesians. It's finishing. Okay? Told you we'd get it done in a year, and here it's been a year, so I've been right the whole time. All right. Um, let me pray 